Um, also, part of what it is is um, so for like for the first three months of the year, like I will try to significantly cut back on caffeine. So I really haven't been drinking coffee, and it's just like holy shit. Well, that's the real reason. You should have started with that. I got really <laughs> tired because I cut back on coffee. <laughs> it's like, oh Jesus. That's. We had this like, well, maybe it's some pseudoscience bullshit. No, it's because you're not <laughs> drinking caffeine. <clears throat> Golly. Uh, so I'm just like, oh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Well, uh, what are we gonna do today? How, how about that? <laughs> Because today's um, your topic, because so, something has sparked your interest and set your mind afire, as I believe. Yeah, so today we wanted to discuss the latest earnings call that EA had um, for their investors. Um, so this would be the Q3 uh, fiscal 2019, which is the basically the most recent um, holiday quarter. <clears throat> to which that, everyone who just fell asleep at that. No, wait, hold on. It's <clears throat> interesting. <laughs> Don't leave just yet. Uh, no. So I guess the, the headline that comes out of this is, is well, the, the main one that I think is most Bioware specific is the fact that EA CEO Andrew Wilson said specifically um, that EA uh, putting in single player into their games is essentially bad for sales. Um, that That's not even me paraphrasing. I mean, that's almost an exact quote from what both he said and their uh, their chief financial officer said this. Um, the context for it was that they were talking about Battlefield 5's results, um, but this is not the first time they have expressed sort of doubt around um, around single player, and they said it multiple times on this call. So um, one of the things that you might see is, so this is, this is a direct quote from uh, Blake Jorgensen where he says, changes to Battlefield 5 led us to move its launch into a more difficult window and prioritizing the single campaign over Battle Royale also hurt sales. Mm-hmm. Um, that's as direct a quote as you're going to get, right? Single player cam- Prioritizing single player campaign over Battle Royale hurt sales. Uh, and that's a theme that's pretty much common whenever they talk about Battlefield, that it did not have a Battle Royale mode at launch. And now they're basically scrambling to get one in there as an update, as a patch, which is also what they talked about. And I don't know, I just, I, I, as I was listening to the call, um, I could not shake the feeling that what, what I was listening to was almost like what an EA hater would write if they were trying to write a fake transcript. <laughs> like, it's EA explicitly saying, like, single player, story driven, not good, but Battle Royale and microtransactions are great. And and that's um, that's kind of shocking because I don't I don't think that it's inconsequential that this is what they're talking about specifically. I think that when they list these things, uh, a lack of battle royale and an inclusion of single player as being the reasons why a game did not perform well, their investors are basically going to remember that. They're going to remember that, and it's going to come up in future earnings calls when you have a primarily single player game like traditional Bioware games. Investors are going to go, hold on, wait a minute. You told us that this is something that doesn't work. Why is this something that your developers are doing? Why aren't you pushing Bioware more towards Battle Royale, more towards live services, more towards any sort of any sort of thing other than a complete holistic single-player experience? Um, and so that that is probably like the top. There are other things that we could glean and kind of dive into, but that's probably like the high-level headline that I would bring to people's attention um, is that 
they've now they've now stated a strategy. This is not just like a one-off comment. The fact that they talked about it multiple times during the call and the fact that they, they basically threw single player under the bus to explain why the third quarter was not a good quarter. Mm-hmm. Now, um, real quick, I, I want to throw this in here while uh, we're, it, it was kind of still relevant. But a uh, good job on like actually reading the goddamn thing and like <laughs> finding this out. Like, I, I you see on the YouTube all the time the quote unquote EA haters and like you know all the stupid shit they come out with clickbait and not one of them has picked up on this yet. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> oh, I'm... this is the type of stuff that you think they would talk about, <clears throat> but I actually haven't seen anyone talk about it yet, other than you. A couple have, but they they kind of did oversimplify it, right? They took the they basically just focused it on one quote, which which granted is the most important quote, which is um, you can take your pick. There's four or five of them that are basically the same as the one that I just gave, mm-hmm. and they just zoomed in on that and just and then proceeded to talk about EA the way that they've always talked about EA, which I will admit is slightly more valid in the light of this. Um, mm-hmm. I've always tried to sort of balance things out and sort of speak caution. This, and I mentioned this in my video, it's like there's no point in trying to backpedal off of what EA said. That is a clear, explicit statement. They do not like single-player games. I mean, Now, so I, I did end up reading all 16 pages, which, like, I don't know business. I did not go to business school. Is <laughs> it 16 pages? It's 16 pages of the transcript. Oh, yeah. I, the transcript, at least. I don't know if there's more of it. But, um... Which that does include like a cover page or whatever. So maybe it's like 50, whatever. Point is, um, when I was reading it, I I didn't get like as much doom and gloom as I thought I would, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I read it more as like they didn't, it, it kind of sounded like they were trying, and maybe this is, I, I fell for the, the joke or whatever, but they didn't like single player game that they had made for battlefield 5 and like reading reviews for battlefield 5 and like user reactions for the battlefield 5 um single player a lot of people didn't like it were disappointed by it or so it, it kind of sounded like what ea was saying was also what kind of fans were saying was that maybe they shouldn't have even have the single player part in it because it didn't actually give that good of a draw is kind of how i read it and then at the same time like i don't know if i can then extrapolate oh, EA hates single-player all the time because they were actually praising The Sims 4 quite a lot during it. So, I I don't... And, like, Sims, play, Sims 4 is single-player, right? I'm not I'm not crazy on that. Um, I don't know what... I honestly... I, I have not played Sims in years. I don't know what, if any, multiplayer or live services aspects they have in there. I, I really thought it was really just single-player. Maybe I'm wrong, but... Because uh, I have not played the new one. Uh, but they were saying, like, how good it was doing and how they planned to release, like, 20 more content packs, which, number one, holy shit, that's so long. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. 20 packs for just the next year? <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, like, that that sounds like a, a decent, healthy lifestyle for The Sims 4, and that was released however many years ago. So, like, I don't... I didn't really get a sense of EA hates single player. EA just hates the single player that was attached to Battlefield Five and thought a battle royale mode would have been fit the game better. And I don't like I haven't played the game, but it kind of sounds like fans of Battlefield Five were kind of on that route too. Like they weren't very impressed with the single player that was put on there. Yeah, I think I think that that's definitely part of it. Um, so so one thing I will say too is that if people go out and listen to the call themselves or or read the transcript. 
one of the things that's helpful is if you can contextualize stuff like this against, I mean, primarily against other EA calls. That's that's the main thing you want to do. But I'm a nerd and I like this sort of stuff. <laughs> and so I've always, like whatever company I've ever worked for, I pay attention to this sort of thing or even just companies that I like, I pay attention to this sort of thing. One of the things you have to realize is that there is a ton of euphemistic language in a lot of this stuff. Um, because of certain SEC rules, it's not allowed to be... And it's, it's kind of the, most companies go right up to this line. You're not allowed to mislead people. You do have to disclose when things aren't good, et cetera, et cetera. But as much as is legally possible, they try to, of course, dampen things when it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, I guess, sort of like my ears are sort of um, turned up a little bit. Like the, I turn the volume up a little bit because you're so used to hearing really, really sort of soft, d- nondescript, vague language. That, to me, stuff like the inclusion of single player instead of Battle Royale hurt sales, that's like fireworks going off to me. That's like a that's like a megaphone to me of like, whoa, like you normally don't see statements that clear um, mm-hmm. because of the type of rhetoric that's typically used on these calls. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it just like blew up to me where I'm like, oh, shit, that's not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I definitely don't have that. I don't speak the language, so to speak. That is definitely something I'm missing because this is the first EA report I've read through. And there was a lot of times I'm like, I don't, I read the sentence three times and I don't know what this means. (laughs) And and then another thing comparatively is just like, so this is where it might help to sort of contextualize a little bit with, with the overall call or the overall quarter and not just the single player comment and not just Bioware because I think that what we're looking at now is a little more unique for a variety of reasons. So the quarter wasn't good. Um, um, for, for Battlefield didn't do as well. Um, the FIFA, which is FIFA is a major pillar for EA. FIFA, Madden, and the Star Wars license are like big time for them. And Battlefield is fairly big, but it's not as big as any of those three things. Mm-hmm. Um, so FIFA year over year um, is, is a little bit flat. Um, and mainly that's because FIFA 19 sales have not been as strong compared to FIFA 18. Um, they, they projected a slight bump, which is what they've always had. Like the, the newest FIFA game always sells a little bit more than the last one. Mm-hmm. And FIFA was actually, it might have been either, for all intents and purposes, let's just call it flat. If it was down, it was down in such a negligible way, you may as well call it flat. Um, which is actually not good for them because they were they were projecting a slight increase. And a lot of the reason why they think that is is that during the World Cup, um, FIFA 18 sold a higher number than they've ever sold before um, by a pretty significant margin. So what they think happened is that they saturated the 18 market so much that there's no way you were going to get all of those people to want to buy a new soccer game next year. You might have a lot. Ah. You might have a lot of them that like to buy it every year. But you may have also gotten people that bought their first FIFA game. You may have just gotten a lot of new customers who aren't quite ready for that annual release cycle yet. Um, so their projections came down a little bit on FIFA. And it's really telling to note that a game like Battlefield or a game like Mass Effect Andromeda could totally flop. And by the way, I don't even think Battlefield Five was a flop, technically. We could talk about that as well. But um, a game like Andromeda or Battlefield could do really not what they expected it to, and it doesn't matter as much as FIFA faltering a little bit. <laughs> because mm-hmm. FIFA, Madden are like, that's the king of their portfolio. So, um, because the overall result, results aren't as good, 
investors are basically just paying closer attention. Like I, I used Andromeda as a, as a as a uh, comparison. Andromeda didn't do well critically. It didn't do as well as they would have liked from sales, from from what we gather. I don't think they ever released the exact units sold, um, which is also a bad sign because typically they would if it was really good. And nobody cared. Nobody cared when Andromeda <laughs> flopped. From a money stand, like we cared, but I'm talking about like investors from a money standpoint, nobody cared that Andromeda flopped. Um, the stock price was actually soaring when Andromeda failed um, for a variety of other reasons. And so it, it's the reason why I think I'm so alert or so attuned to this now is when things are bad, everyone starts paying attention and they start looking for scapegoats. Like someone was asking me in the comments of my video, do you think there's any credibility to what they're saying? Do you think they're actually right that single player instead of battle royale? And I'm like, no. Which is, it's a fair question. We should ask that question. Is it actually correct that including single player is bad for sales? I don't think that there's any evidence of that being true, considering Red Dead Redemption 2 set the record for the most, the highest earning entertainment product of all time, beating the Avengers movie, and it's a single player game at launch. Which they even mentioned it being a huge competitor to Battlefield Five in their statement report. Yeah, which is sort of a contradiction, right? Like, Battlefield Five didn't do well because it's single-player and because it lost to this other game, which is single-player. <laughs> yeah, I think... What was it? Here, I'm going to look that up real quick. What other uh, games they, they mentioned? Um, I mean, you know, so this year was, was actually a great year for single-player. God of War won Game of the Year. Spider-Man was the best-selling uh, PlayStation exclusive in, like, a long time. Those are all single-player games. It also mentions Fortnite and Call of Duty. I don't, was there a Call of... I'm surely there was a new Call of Duty game, but I just don't remember it. Uh, there was, but Call of Duty did not have single player at all for the first yeah. time in a long time. Weird. And, yeah, Fortnite's... Fortnite's Fortnite. But um, anyway, yeah, I... I don't know. I will say reading it, I was just thinking, like, did it... They they really kept harping on Battlefield Five, even though I yeah. even though what you're saying, it sounded like FIFA was actually the bigger deal. Like I I, I want to say like I think I read more about Battlefield Five in these I don't know let's let's lowball it to fourteen pages let's say, uh, fourteen pages than I did any of the other games they talked about. Like they I think they really attribute at least to their investors. They didn't do very well because of Battlefield Five. Would you Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, they they in some sense, and this is sort of a hyperbolic statement on my part, but to to paint it as clearly as possible, they sort of scapegoated Battlefield Five. They threw it under the bus. Yeah, yeah. And and hidden in all of the other statements are more nuanced um, factors that were at play. Another one was. Their expansion of mobile um, in the Chinese market has not gone as fast as they would have liked. Um, so if you can crack that, like if you can start selling the FIFA mobile app and all and all of these other different mobile offerings in China, China is a huge mobile market. Um, but sometimes it's tricky, right? Sometimes there's a marketing difference. Sometimes you don't gain as traction as much as you would like. And they talked about that. And that that's another reason why things may not have been um, as good as they would have liked. Um but the, I guess if, if we're going to stay on sort of like the overall factors for the quarter, the main one, the big one, the one that um, I'm still meaning to, to make another video on because it is it's really and I think I think this should be the headline. This should be the number one headline coming out of this. Is that microtransactions were down for the first time ever. 
um, for the first time ever. Like, like since since they've been putting it on the charts, it's gone up every year. Uh, revenue from live services. Um, this is the first time. It's, it's essentially flat. It's down zero point four percent, which is not. It's not really down, but it's the first time it hasn't increased. Um, and that has to be taken. You know, they they can attribute it to the fact that Battlefield Five wasn't as popular as they would have liked, but that's not that that's not enough to to bring them. Like they still should have done as well with just because of FIFA, Madden, all this other stuff, mobile, all this other stuff that they have going on. So for their for their total live services um, revenue to be flat, essentially. That to me could be taken as an indicator that the we hate microtransactions rhetoric is finally starting to manifest in a tangible way on, on the actual balance sheet, right? Like I've said this forever. You can say we hate microtransactions all you want, but when the year over year results are just a perfect steady line of increase, they do not care. Like Reddit threads do not matter by themselves. YouTube comments do not matter by themselves. All they're going to do is they're going to look at your comments and it could be a 10,000 upvotes and all the goals you want on Reddit. And then they're going to look at their earnings and they're just going to see like, well, the numbers show that microtransactions are more popular than ever because people keep buying them. Mm -hmm. So this is the first time that I think, okay, maybe this we hate microtransactions talk could start to become real, but it's going to need to happen several more quarters in a row before EA really starts to consider whether or not they, they have to change anything. If you could give an estimate of how long that would be, what would you give? Two years. Two years. Yeah. Okay. And it would have, it, it would have to be, cause I mean, they've, I mean, they've been pushing this, I mean, probably around 2011 is when they started using the life services term. And I'm not like every single year, every single quarter, <laughs> they've just increased. It's like, if you had something that was winning for seven, eight years, I mean, you wouldn't abandon it because of six months of poor performance, right? I mean, you would say, okay, this is going to turn around. This is going to get back to what we were used to. Um, there would need to be tons of social media campaign pressure and rhetoric. That does help if it matches with the numbers. Because they will start to look. When, when something starts going the wrong direction, like, oh, crap, our sales are going down on micro microtransactions. What the hell's happening? And they see huge campaigns on social media. They may start to say, you know, first they're going to say, let's just push it harder, right? Let's just try and get those people that do like live services stuff to buy more. Um, and then they'll try and say, let's just disguise it a little bit. Let's just shift the marketing. Let's see if we can win back people's um, ideas about live services. And then they'll go to the developers finally and say, what do you guys think are some creative ways that we could mix in? You know, it's, it's live services, but it's live services like you've never seen before. All of this takes place over the course of several months, a couple of years, until eventually they reach a point where they say, maybe we should start to think of a new model. Um, and even then, it could be more like three years before they actually understand what that is. Yeah. I would even say, like, we've seen, like, hints of that already, because I know they've talked about, oh, I already forgot what EA game it was. I know it's, it's not Anthem, I will say, but they're like, oh, we don't have loot boxes, but they have, like, loot boxes named something else. <clears throat> God, I forgot what it was now. <laughs> Yeah, they have mystery but, crates. Yeah, something like that. It's like, no, we have mystery crates. It's like, all right, come on now. <laughs> uh, look, the so older I public still like has tons of loot boxes, and it's crazy that nobody remembers that. I don't... Wait, which game was this? The Old Republic. Oh, yeah, I, I never touched that, so... 
Which uh, they named, uh, I have not heard much of the new Star Wars game, but they kept saying that, like, oh, we have a Star Wars game coming out. Star Wars Jedi, Fallen Order, and you're going to be mm-hmm. a Jedi, and it's going to be so cool. And they, <laughs> they, what, what the, one line made me, like, laugh out loud. It was like, yeah, we played a really amazing 20 minutes. Oh, that game. was so... <laughs> That was was so hilarious. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I heard Andrew Wilson talk about the fact like, oh, yes, I got to experience it myself last night or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this accent? What is this? I don't know what I just did there. Sorry, Andrew Wilson. Is he Australian? What is this? He's Angaran. You can't tell what the fucking Angaran accent is, honestly. Um, So anyway, that's my Andrew Wilson impersonation. We'll continue on the Andrew Wilson impersonation. <laughs> no, so he said that he played it, and I was like, okay, well, like that's that's kind of encouraging, right? Maybe he actually plays these games from time to time. And then Blake Jorgensen talked about it, and when he was in the middle of that statement, he's just like, yeah, we got to play it. We played about twenty, and like he's, it's going in slow motion. And I'm a gamer, so when I hear someone say that they tried a game and they say twenty, I'm going hours, right? <laughs> like <laughs> you, you can experience like the first few, you know the first few uh, acts of a game in 20 hours and he goes minutes and I'm just like what the fuck bro <laughs> like I think the first few minutes like 20 minutes of any Dragon Age game is just like a cut scene you know yeah like, that's not even including character creator right like if you're past character yeah. if you use a default character like you might get into the map <laughs> yeah really like oh what did you what was it Oh god, and and like I imagine, it's not like they just sat him down and like were quiet the entire time. He was probably just like killed a p- p- couple of bad guys and was talking to people for that twenty minutes. So he like, I guess he played for twenty minutes. So he's really talking about the is this going to be fun for people who know what the fuck games are? Yeah, you know, I how do I press the A button? <laughs> uh, well, which button do I press to make money? Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly think that they did not play it, right? But they were they were probably shown 20 minutes of highlights. That's honestly what yeah. I got in my head. I Yeah, I would expect that. But it was, it was like, they were so proud of the Star Wars game they played for 20 minutes. I'm like, okay. I, maybe this is, in a, maybe for investors, they're like, oh, 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. Like, everyone else reading this goes, wait, wait. <laughs> What the fuck did you do in 20 minutes? Yeah, it's like, why would you even mention that? That's just, yeah. Like, that's shorter than the Anthem live streams that I already feel is too short, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever. whatever. Um, so, okay, so, so yeah, so just giving that total picture, right? Like, the quarter didn't do well because FIFA was just slightly below the increase that they thought it was going to be. Chinese market and mobile was a little bit trickier than they thought. Um, I would throw in there that they didn't have... Well, this is more for the year, not for the quarter. They could have had more releases. Um, and then according to them, uh, Battlefield Five uh, was moved into a more competitive quarter, which I think is legitimate. I think that that's true. And then I would put this last. It sounds like they're putting it first. According to them, Battlefield Five having single player instead of Battle Royale at launch was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um. So when you look at all of those things together, again, what is the takeaway for Bioware and for Bioware fans? I think on my side of the house, it's just more like because they were so explicit about single player being bad and Battle Royale being good. I think that that's I, I, to me, that's that's significant of a that's a indicative of a corporate strategy that they're going to push forward with. What I would mix into that is the Jason Schreier report from a few months ago saying that 
Dragon Age uh, 4 had its development rebooted specifically to include more live services elements. That's, that's where I stand on it. I think the, the opposite of that is, okay, realistically, there are a bunch of other factors that contributed to the fact that the quarter was bad, and they're essentially scapegoating Battlefield Five, but they know it's actually these other things, and single-player obviously isn't a detriment to sales. It's just that was the easy thing that they could throw out there for Battlefield, and it's really just specific to that, and Dragon Age and Bioware are going to be totally fine. It's got nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. So what 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 are you, what are you like uh, to people who like having themselves comforted? If you could project based on what you just read today, what a Dragon Age Four would look like, what are those life services? That's a great question. I mean, that's a great question because so far there's only really been two things that. Uh, well, I'll take that back. Let's include three things that Bioware has done as it relates to let's just say online multiplayer things because live services can also just be dlc for single player but i I don't think that's i don't think that's enough for ea anymore i think i think the fact that inquisition had multiplayer the fact that mass effect 3 and andromeda have multiplayer the fact that anthem is inherently multiplayer um shows that there's a progression there right they want it to be more integrated not just on the side if i had if i had to guess let's we would want to look at what has bioware done in the past which is you've got the PVE sort of wave-based co-op that's just on the side. That's Mm -hmm. Mass Effect 3, Andromeda, Inquisition. That's the type of multiplayer that they've done. There is a fully integrated sort of MMO light situation um, that has story, but it's also heavily multiplayer-focused in Anthem. That's Mm -hmm. something else that they've done. And what I would throw in there as the third one, uh, which a lot of people might forget or not remember, is basically just drop-in, drop-out co-op, which is what they had done for, oh, God, was it Neverwinter Nights or was it Baldur's Gate 2? I haven't played either. Uh, so Neverwinter Nights, if I'm not mistaken, had multiplayer. It had drop-in, drop-out co-op, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, okay, so yeah, it was Neverwinter Nights. Sorry, everyone who's... Uh, a, a more long-time Bioware fan than me. <laughs> um, it was Neverwinter Nights. Uh, and that was essentially just, yeah, you could you could just drop in and play in your friend's campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are the three things that they've actually done with multiplayer. I would, I would venture that if Dragon Age 4 was going to have some element, it would be one of the things that they've already done. And, and since I don't think that the multiplayer on the side is going to be acceptable for EA anymore... I don't think they would make it anthem anthem like. So I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning a little more towards drop in drop out co op. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which that sounds fine for a Dragon Age game, even if they had another multiplayer again. And even though like I wasn't like really into that, like I I honestly didn't even touch multiplayer until we've been doing it on these live streams. Like I like I would be okay with that. You yeah. know, <laughs> like I still really liked Inquisition, even though it had these multiplayer elements. I think what people are worried about is uh, the the more direct quote that people might get out of at least uh, the first part of this was, you know, we want to make a single player. We don't we don't we don't want any more of those single players in our games. We want battle royale. You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> they want to make right. Dragon Age a battle royale, which I just don't think they would even do because that just feels so counterintuitive to what Dragon Age fans want or even what the game is selling itself as. Uh, although that being said, is there any fantasy? 
battle royale games you know like i've only think of like guns you know um i'm so i'm so ill-informed about what the battle royale catalog is at this point and they're popping up everywhere i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if there was to be quite honest yeah i i i feel like making maybe it's just me maybe i'm an old old woman now but i feel like the battle royale thing is a fad it feels more fad to me than like an actual like this is going to be more permanent maybe i'm wrong i don't know so like i can't imagine they make they sit there with dragon age and go you know what this needs battle royales and, and then like three years from now whenever it comes out like it's all dead like oh we fucked up um like i really just don't think they do that so yeah i don't know like i i don't think it's as dire as it sounds it's i i think it, it, you could be worried about like the the amount of like what they do for life services and what that could possibly mean in regards to the amount of like uh you know what's the, what's the term penny not penny pinching but uh i, I don't know nickel and dime yeah, that's what i'm trying to say how, how yeah. much like nickel and dime they try to do like uh at least inquisition had the uh item packs which oh dragon age 2 had like a hundred item packs it was kind of insane so i don't know if they'll just do that again which i'm not like thrilled about but i would much rather have that than like you know multiplayer (laughs) so yeah i i don't think it's likely that they would put a battle royale in dragon age but i also am not ruling it out like i i really don't put it past ea to be that stupid like i i don't think it's like impossible anymore and I used to, I would have said prior to this earning call that it's flat out impossible. Now I would just say it's unlikely. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm still on the impossible because that just doesn't make any sense. Because, like, I feel like they they only want to, like, slightly copy for, like, the successes of Fortnite and whatever. And, like, guns is a huge, huge part of that. And with uh, with Dragon Age, you just can't do that. You could do some swords, and you could do some bows and arrows and stuff like that, and maybe magic, but, like, you're not going to get the core group of people who like Battle Royale games. You know, like, M- Michael's played a couple Battle Royale games. He um, he actually was playing Apex Legends. He liked PUBG. He's not a Fortnite fan or anything, but <laughs> he's not one of those scum. No, uh, <laughs> he's... I'm kidding. But, like, he hates magic and bows and arrows and swords. And, like, a lot of our friends that like this type of games don't like that either. So I feel like the, like, people who like Battle Royale games and people that like uh, Dragon Age games, if you made a Venn diagram, it's just two circles not overlapping with each other. If it is, it's just, like, boop, like, very tiny. <laughs> you know? Like, I just don't think the market's really there for that kind of game. So I don't think they do it. Yeah, no, I mean, I I do not think that that's that's not my official prediction that I would put on the record. I I definitely don't think mm-hmm. it's likely. And and you just laid out it, one of the great like logical reasons why it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm uh painting a very narrow cone of probability for this for all of the reasons that are not logical and don't make sense. Right? <laughs> like I think there's a very narrow cone of probability for this based entirely on ea stupidity <laughs> like i think and it's small i don't think it's likely because i think that if there's one goddamn argument that bioware should be able to win it should be able to th- this is not a good setting for battle royale we will give you something else mm-hmm. and sell them on something else to just scathe off the battle royale trend um the only reason why i think it's possible is ea just insisting on it um 
Like, I think Apex Legends looks interesting, and I think by all accounts, people that have played it seem to like it. But it is also interesting, right? Like, Titanfall 2 had a really strong single player. Um, it didn't do well, and they kind of mentioned that as well. Yeah, uh, they did, actually. During the call, and it's just so interesting how everything gets framed, right? It's like, Titanfall 2 didn't do very well. Um, you know, maybe there were some marketing mistakes on our part, etc. They do mention that they thought um, they could have found a better creative center for the campaign. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's one thing. But then they just go on to be like... <sighs> It's it, they're not directly connecting the dots, which I think they do on purpose. But essentially, what they say is like, yeah, games like Titanfall Two were really great. They got tons of critical acclaim. They didn't do very well on sales. Like, hmm, I wonder why that is. We want everyone to be really excited for the for the um, extension of the Titanfall universe with this battle royale game, Apex Legends. And it's like, yeah, they don't connect it well, exactly. But it's like, do they just think that's the solution to everything? Well, I, I, I do think that, like, I don't know if we actually talked about this at the beginning, and now I kind of want to make it clear. What what this thing is, for people who don't know business very well, this is EA going in front of representatives to their investors, so the people who give their money to make them stuff, and they essentially just say, by the way, we really fucked up this past year, but we're making <laughs> it better. So, of course, they're going to try to suck these guys' dicks, you know? Like, sure. <laughs> the whole point of this is a show and dance to say, like, like imagine like you're going to your parents and you you, you did something really wrong like you know you did something wrong like oh mom and dad really messed up but here's how i'm gonna make it better don't ground me holy shit don't take your money like (laughs) you know you're trying to like (laughs) dance your way out of the situation and it reading this it really did feel like they it would it's uh almost like the a compliment sandwich type of thing you start like well we had a Really strong year for whatever, whatever. Oh, by the way, we really fucked up with this marketing with Titanfall 2. But we think the new game's good. Like, and they just really focus on, like, one sentence on the thing they did bad. And then, like, just a long-winded nothing of, like, what they want to fix in the future. And even, like, the things they want to fix in the future is kind of, like, airy and uh, immaterial. And it's kind of like, there's an idea there, I guess. Like, I, I, I feel like in the background, there's definitely more information. They know how they fucked up. But they're not going to tell their investors that. <laughs> so yeah yeah no that, i mean that that's that's a good i guess like for people that aren't familiar giving giving the background of that is always like the weird tone of of these calls in particular in the q a which is really fun to listen to um mm-hmm. because you know it's like it's like the the uh, it's an, one that like called him out on it too. Let me hold. On, I want to see what that guy's name. You you keep him. It's an interesting. It's an interesting dynamic between like you're the CEO of a company, you're the CFO of the company, you're the leaders, like you're the boss of this company. Um, you answer to the investors, but you don't at the same time, right? Like, w- what they can do is you know not not um, invest as much or etc. Like, the, you're accountable to them, but also you're still the leader. And so I always find the dynamic very interesting during during uh, Q and A. Um. But yeah, I've always I've always thought that these are interesting. If people if people don't like listen to them or read them, I find them interesting. Yes, there are some things that are just basically they're delivering results, right? Like they're delivering numbers, so they're they're actually talking about what the um, what the numbers were for the quarter. But then there's also the rationale behind it, right? Here's what we here's why we think this happened. Here's what we are planning for the future, and that is always where you try and glean some information as a gamer about okay, what's going to be happening potentially with any games that are being published by EA. And since Bioware's are beat, you know, I've always sort of tried to pay attention to these. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know what to talk about now. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's also another fun little thing here for anyone that, again, doesn't pay that much attention to these. Um, it's always uh, interesting to just be reminded, like, how big money owns everything. Like, it's a it's a normal tradition on a variety of different earnings calls where, like, Goldman Sachs always goes first. And then, may- ah. and then maybe, like, Merrill Lynch. And it's just always, Which- it's always, like, it's a weird pecking order. And you kind of forget that, like, you wouldn't think Goldman Sachs has anything to do with video games. It's like... Goldman Sachs has so much fucking money. They just have everything to do with everything. Yeah, I was surprised to like hear the names of the, the representatives here because I pretty much have heard of all of them. You know, oh, yeah. like it's uh, uh, well, yeah, you say Goldman Sachs, uh, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Yeah. Uh, I'm just scrolling through this here. Um, Oppenheimer and Company Research Division. Like, it's just it's big money is everywhere. Yeah. And why wouldn't it be, it's, right? The video game industry is more profitable that, or generates more revenue than the movie industry. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't these uh, names be in there? I don't know what, what you make of that, if anybody makes anything of that. I just, oh, I'm always kind of reminded, like, oh, yeah, big money is everywhere. <laughs> Even in our little corner of the universe. Um, oh, another thing that I would mention, and this is, again, it's a, it's a little bit of information I might be reading into it more than some other people, but it, it really got my attention. Um, was the fact that they said they are going to I, I, this this concerned me, right? So they were. I'm trying to remember if this was during a Q and A or if this was just during. Now I think was this the one they're like changing our uh, strategies or whatever. So it, it it touches onto the change in marketing strategies, but before they addressed that in the Q and A, Andrew Wilson said. Uh, quote, we've made, uh, we've made creative changes, including formation of a creative council to strengthen our creative decision making. Ah. Um, and we will continue to make refinements in each of these dimensions as we focus, uh, sharply on et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm not sure exactly what he meant by that. He sort of said that after he talked about Battlefield, after he talked about FIFA, and I'm not sure what he means by a creative council to strengthen creative decision making. Um, does he mean creative decision making on a publisher level, on an executive level, like creative as in creative marketing or creative distribution strategies or like creative where? Because if he means creative as in we're going to make a council to sort of like act as more of a go between between publisher desire and developers, that's going to fucking suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good thing. That would not be a good thing. And I, and I don't know that that's what it is because they didn't elaborate nearly enough on it. And I wish that they had. But there was uh, there was a question from one of the investors about um, essentially about the fact that Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 5 had good ratings but didn't do well from a sales standpoint. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Wilson talked about, uh, let me see if I can find the particular section here. Uh, what he says is, we what we've done is gone back and built a far more robust process around how we find our creative center. This is it, right? So he talked about how um, Battlefield and Titanfall could have had a better creative center for their campaign. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, this, and this is connected to, to the single player aspect of it, right, essentially, when he's talking about creative center. So he says, we've gone back and built a far more robust process around how we find our creative center. It's called the reason to play. 
Uh, and Chris Bruzo, our CMO and his entire organization, chief uh, marketing officer and his entire organization have restructured the entire marketing conversation from the inception of game development through full campaign. Uh, and we expect that we expect that this will put us in a significantly better position on a go forward basis. Um, you could take that as just being about changing the marketing, but to me, that sounds more like marketing seeping into the development process. I mean, that's essentially what he is saying mm-hmm. is that they're going to build marketing by sort of getting into the, to the inception of game development. Mm-hmm. None of that sounds good to me, right? That, and, and, if you look at the, um, if you start taking all of these disparate statements and connecting them together, when they talk about reason to play, that sounds well and good. Like have a really strong reason to come back to the game every day. And if it was just you and me talking about it, we would be like, yeah, like great storytelling and characters and stuff that just want to make this your reason to play. But that's not what EA talks about as their strategy, right? Their reason to play is new content through live services all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you if you try and put those two things together, it's like I don't think that their reason to play is going to be um, a really dynamic cinematic story. Their reason to play that they're going to want in every one of their games is going to be something related to live services. And that's not... That's not too far off from the way that Bioware talked about um, Anthem early on. Like, I want to say that they may have even used words like reason to play um, in a in a repetitive manner, not just like offhandedly. I think that was part of their vernacular for talking about Anthem early on, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know. I mean, if, if people are just very excited about Anthem, I guess that's fine. But the whole idea of this is an online world. Every time you turn it on, something new is going to be going on. That's neat, but that's not why I play games. And I don't know that that's why a lot of Bioware fans play games. We play games for a strong um, branching narrative that's based on player choice. Well, I I also think that, like, Anthem isn't for us, you know? No, it's true. They don't want us. They want the people that come back every day and, like, you know, the, the, the people that, you know, have the microtransactions and give them money. And trying to get a whole new market that they just don't have right now, because at, at least like Dragon Age has been a, like a fairly decent series, but it hasn't gotten huge. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not huge. It's not that big. Yep. And I I think a part of that is reasons because the market that has really attached to Dragon Age is let's just be honest, women and LGBT groups. And hey, guess what? We're the minorities, guys. <laughs> we, we, we you know we're probably not that big. You know, like of course it hasn't sold that well. There there you know there's a. Uh, and, and with Mass Effect was pretty huge, but like it still wasn't that big. Like they they have some pretty tiny IPs, all considering. But um, yeah, so they, they they're really aiming for Anthem to be everybody else. So I I don't think they're gonna give up on Dragon Age and Mass Effect, but I think Anthem's gonna be like the uh, I almost want to say the security blanket for Bioware that like they can continue making the Mass Effect and the Dragon Age, but as long as Anthem's going well, EA's gonna give them the pat on the back and a lollipop and say. Another year, kid. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I like this imagery of the lollipop. <laughs> I just... it's, it's like it's kind of like gross. It's like those ones at the like grocery store counters yeah. that no one ever buys and it's been there for ten years, and it's like cake flavored. Uh huh. But <laughs> I just I just imagine because I imagine it as Casey Hudson, just like with a with a tucked in polo <laughs> shirt and a backpack and a fucking hat with the propeller on top. <laughs> 
He goes, thanks, Daddy Andrew Wilson. <laughs> I appreciate this. Hi, chap. Go out there and make Anthem 2. <laughs> what is this accent? I don't know. <laughs> um, it's so bad, it's good. Um, <laughs> at least that's what I'm going to tell myself. <laughs> I do want to say uh, that is the exact same voice he used for Tamar, and now I'm just thinking as Tamar as the CEO <laughs> of EA, she, and that fits somehow. She, she's the new uh, EA CEO. Oh my god, we should have one of the uh, maybe the warden is Andrew Wilson. You know, oh, this could be interesting. Oh, okay. Um, okay, that's that's a, that's another day. Okay. <laughs> If you have no idea what we're talking about, you should check out our streaming channel, Codex Added, found on YouTube. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's there's an optimistic way to look at this, which is basically that this is really localized to Battlefield. It's localized to this most recent quarter. Things are going to normalize. Things will stabilize. Um, you know, sales sales for FIFA will pick back up. The mobile market will do good. Madden will do good. The Star Wars game will do good. Um, which interestingly enough is single player, but I mentioned this in my video, doesn't really matter because it's Star Wars, right? It's a licensed property. It's going to come out probably in the window of the movie. It, it doesn't even count as a normal original IP well, single player. Well, real quick on the um, Star Wars game, the one that came out recently, Star Wars Battlefront, is that it? Battlefront 2, yeah. Battlefront, yeah. Did that do well, even if it was Star Wars? Or no, did it? It did well. Did it, 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 did well? it did well, but it wasn't. It it was not as much of a smash success as they would have hoped, given it's again its proximity to the movie, etc. Um, it did mm -hmm. well though. Like there was a ton of controversy, obviously, around the microtransactions yeah. and the stupid Reddit comment and all this other stuff. Uh, so people, I think, sort of claimed a victory over Battlefront that wasn't legitimate because when you listen to those earnings calls, it was like, no, it, it you know it, it did well. Um, um, I, I remember them saying that, and this was shocking, right? The projections for what they had for that quarter as a company were spot on for microtransactions revenue. Wow. And I remember, I remember listening to that and just going, that's when it really hit me, right? Like none of this shit matters when people get upset on Twitter and Reddit and there's outrage like yeah you can have you can downvote their comment on Reddit more times than any other comment in the history of Reddit and it did diddly shit to their revenue mm. like it didn't matter because even if they did turn off microtransactions in Battlefront for a time FIFA Madden like fuck your face it doesn't matter we're just gonna rake in money with those things but we have been seeing some of that at least in, according to this quarter, which yes. is a small, very, very small dip, but a little... Boop. Finally. And that's so, encouraging to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <sighs> so I, I do want to go back to one thing that you said uh, about the, the Dragon Age market, the, the Mass Effect market. Um, mm -hmm. Do you really think that's what it is? That it's that it's the demographics that are, that are attracted to that, to the fantasy genre? I don't know. Because, like, it's something that we, that I've, I don't know, it's been kind of on my mind ever since we talked about the gender issue, g gender episode, which has got over a year ago, maybe, um, where a lot of reports came out that, like, women just tend to like fantasy games more than men. And then in the past couple of years, like, there's been a very small amount of fantasy games coming out. And, like, I have seen people say, like, oh, they don't want to release it because no one's going to buy it. And, like, 
I, I, like, I don't, I feel like there's probably is more than just, oh, the girls are buying it, so that's why they're not making it. But, like, a part of me wonders if maybe that's not, like, even a piece of it, a significant piece of it. Because, like, I, 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 I prefer fantasy games. I would play a game with much more fantasy elements than I ever would something with, like, um, you know, guns and shooting. And that there's just really not that many, particularly triple games out, triple A games out there. And you get some, like... Uh, indie games, and some indie games can be very good, like uh, Divinity and uh, oh, what's the one I haven't bought yet? Dead Fire. Uh, Pillar, uh, Pillars of Eternity. Pillars of Eternity, yeah. That that like are like something I really want to play, but like there are few and far between. I feel like you know, or at least I haven't even heard about them. Um, oh, real quick, Divergence. Did you see my tweets about Outward? Oh, I saw, it, but I didn't get a chance to look oh, at it. What, okay. what is that? I, I I will talk about it for way too long. I don't want to derail us. Just go check it out. Okay. It looks so good. Okay. What I, I I heard I saw like on your because I I was where was I I think it was like at a restaurant or something but I saw it was like I can't look at a YouTube video of like <laughs> Arby's or whatever the fuck I was yeah, yeah. so I I couldn't see it but uh what what is the game It's a fantasy RPG um that's uh-huh. just basically um I wouldn't even say full open world they have five really big maps but it's essentially just the idea of like survival elements magic is hard to do um. Mm-hmm you know, branching storyline, dialogue choice, create your own character. Just like, it looks like a really cool indie fantasy RPG that has a lot of different, like realistic elements in it. Yeah. I guess like what I've seen, like look at final, like final fantasy 15 that came out. That motherfucker had cars and guns. Where was my fantasy in that? (laughs) You know where it was? It was in the incomprehensible story that made no goddamn sense. They decided to have a pop star (laughs) boy band. Yeah. With a car. What was that game? I haven't even played it because it just makes me mad. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I guess I I want more fantasy games, and I don't know if it's just they they didn't sell well, and so they just went to sci-fi and it's been selling well, and there you go, and just everyone who likes fantasies like big tough shit. I wonder if that is a part of the res- resurgency of why D and D is getting so popular because people want that fantasy. They're just not getting their video games; they're going to tabletops. And CRPGs are also kind of filling that gap. Yeah, I agree that in the past, let's say three years, four years, it's been really light on releases. But then, so so that I, I guess the the caveat to this is why does Skyrim sell like gangbusters, and why did Witcher three do pretty damn well? Mm-hmm. Um, like why why is that exactly? I I don't know because fantasy definitely has its moments, but like no one ever wants to make a fantasy game. I don't. I don't get it. Maybe maybe it's something that we're not quite getting. Like I know um Dragon Age was made with uh, Dragon Age Inquisition was made with the uh, oh god, what was that engine called? Frostbite. And that wasn't really made like that wasn't that like the first fantasy game on a Frostbite engine? Like it definitely was not made for that. Like how uh, how many other engines are like there that co- like game companies are forced to use that they like, just couldn't really figure out how to make a good fantasy game on it. So they just didn't, you know? Yeah, well the, I'm you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of like you're right. There, there just have not been a lot of fantasy setting games that have come out. Um, Kingdom Come Deliverance is not fantasy, but it's, I mean, you would think it's even more of a narrow, um, narrow potential fan base, right? Like it's realistic, historically accurate, medieval yeah. 14th century Bohemia. And I don't think they've ever released exact numbers, but I know that they, what did they sell? They did a million in the first few days, a million units. And I think they sold, they sold a few million units. Um, which is quite good for the size of their team and everything. Yeah. Um, they're going to make a sequel, right? It did well enough to garner a sequel. Um, Whereas, I think, like, what was it? Uh, 
Pillars of Eternity actually was a loss, right? Like it didn't Pillar, technically do well. Pillars two did not sell well, which is really unfortunate. Um, that's really unfortunate because it's a it's quite a good game. Um, which I wonder how, how part of that because the reason I haven't got it yet is because I played Divinity and Divinity is such a huge game that I'm still not technically done with it. So I kind of want to finish it before I get into Pillars of Eternity. <laughs> but so it's it just it came second. So poor Pillars got screwed. Yeah. Because <laughs> all of its audience is playing Divinity. And and then if I'm not mistaken, Dragon Age Inquisition was the best. It was um, touted as the best launch ever for Bioware, which means it would have been better mm-hmm. than Mass Effect Two and Three. So mm-hmm. there's evidence out there that there's there's a good reason to to do fantasy. But and and yet, despite all that evidence, for the past few years they've been few and far between. I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like when there's a lack of things, the game industry takes a couple years, and then there's like a whole bunch of them. So I wonder if like a couple years from now, then like. E3 2022 or whatever. It's just like all fantasy games and I'm just going to be rolling in it. Well, at that point, I'll probably have kids. So I'll just be crying like I have no time. (laughs) Why God? But uh, so, yeah, anyway. Do you know what I think it could be also? It's like you mentioned that it takes a few years off and then it comes back. Is it really just that Bethesda comes out with an Elder Scrolls game and then everybody tries to play catch up and copy it? But But it's been like six years since... More than that, actually, than like eight years since uh, Skyrim came out. Like that's like there's been you could release two very big games in that part. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Okay, another thing I wanted to to kind of because we kind of got on the demographics and then got off of it. There was a particular controversy around Battlefield Five and uh, the cover Ah, and the and the uh, one of the I don't I can't remember if that character was the protagonist or one of the major NPCs, etc. Um, but the inclusion of a female character, she's on the cover, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some people, um, didn't take kindly to that. They, they phrased their opposition as being under the guise of, uh, historical accuracy and whether or not women would have been on the front lines. Other people said that it was just like a dog whistle and covering up for misogynistic complaints. Take that as you will. I don't think we have to necessarily take that apart. Um, but from, from the financial standpoint, do you think that that was part of what it was? Hmm. That's a really good question. And a fucking scary one to answer. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody wants the answer to be yes. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah, because, like, it could be. But I, I always felt like there wasn't... I, I Maybe because I'm in my own little bubble on Twitter, you know, and, and on, on maybe even Reddit. But, like, I always feel like someone would say something and then, like, a thousand more people would be like, this is bullshit. Like, I felt like it was a lot more people yelling, but they were actually very, like, it was, like, a loud minority. Like, not that many people actually cared. That's what I thought it actually was. Um, kind of like the same, like, the same amount of people that were uh, angry about the... Uh, you know, women in Battlefield Five was the same amount of people who were upset that the Ghostbusters were women rather than it was just a shitty Ghostbusters movie, which I will forever be angry at that. That's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I, I want to say no, but like at the same time, like maybe I don't, I don't really know. That's a good question. And I, I wonder if they have any, um, like, well, yeah, what would be the best way to determine statistically how to find out that answer it's not going to be good like from from a data-driven standpoint what's going to end up happening is they're just going to compare it to the covers that don't have women on them which is all of them 
And so it's not really going to be, it's not a very robust analysis that you well, can do unless you have good survey numbers. Now, now wasn't the cover, it wasn't like all of them. It was only like special edition or something like that. Well, wasn't that it? Now we got it. Like there was certain editions that had her on. Now we got to look it up. Um, no, I think, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so the main cover is uh, is our female character. The deluxe edition has the male on it. Ah, that's it. Um, so I can just imagine the reaction to that, right? Because that's going to be framed as pay more money to get to get the cover with the dude on it. Which, if you play Battlefield games, and I and I've, I've I liked Bad Company too. Um, you know, I've played a few Battlefield games here and there. Bad Company is probably the one that had the best story out of any of them, where you actually cared about that little crew or whatever. But otherwise. Who gives a shit what's on the cover of Battlefield? Like, they may as well just put a gun on the cover of Battlefield, because that's all you ever see when you're playing the game anyway. (laughs) Honestly, though, if you put a gun to my head and say, Katie, I need you to tell me, I need you to describe what the covers uh, of when you go into EA Origin of what each Dragon Age game is, I don't think I could tell you. Like, really? I don't. I'd never go into EA Origin. I just always open up the little icon on my computer. Like I don't. Ah, I just okay. have a shortcut and I use that. Can you, like I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> when was the last time I went on Origin? I tried to avoid that, like the plague, because it sucks. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I can see where you're comfortable on that. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, like the only time you probably would have seen that lady would be when you bought the game. Yeah, and that's it. But I, um maybe like I don't know if she's also on the uh, the splash screen like when you open it up and like I'm sure probably. she's actually in the game. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, I I don't it, know. It covers would have mattered a lot more in the age of physical. But um, an, mm-hmm. another thing that we learned from the earnings call is that digital downloads now represent seventy three percent of revenue, which is an all time high for them. Um, yeah, I, I would imagine that, especially uh, for PC users, it's almost 100%. Because, like, do you have a disk drive? I don't have a disk drive. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I haven't exactly. had a disk drive in five years. Yep. More than that. That's exactly it. And then also there's rumors that uh, there's going to be a digital only, the next Xbox. Uh, the, next gen, yeah. the next gen Xbox is going to have a different SKU that's cheaper and is digital only if you want to get that. Granted, I don't have a console, but I hear how things go, and especially with like updates and stuff like that. You you really like you you buy it like an Xbox or a PlayStation game. You open it up, you toss the disc to the side, maybe, and there's like a code or whatever, <laughs> or or the CD acts as a code, mm-hmm. and then you download it, and then as soon as you're done, pff, who cares about the fucking CD? You can just re-download the game online now. Like it, <laughs> the, the CD really doesn't matter anymore, does it? Honestly, I and this is like a totally different rant. A new game on console sucks so bad. It sucks so bad. The experience is so fucking terrible. That used to be an advantage for consoles is you could put the disc in and play right away, whereas PC you had to install it. I'm not joking. I can in, I can download and install full games from Steam faster than Xbox One X. Um, this is the highest end. Xbox One X and PlayStation 4 Pro install the game from disc, and then I have to nice. down and then I have to download a 10 gigabyte patch anyway. And it's like, it's such a, you wait two hours from the start of the process until you actually get to play. 
I'll be honest, I don't get consoles anymore. Like, con- I, I think the only plus for consoles is any exclusives you have, if you don't know anything about computers and you don't want to deal with buying one. Like, you can buy probably a decent computer with the same amount of money you're going to get buying a console, I feel like. I was able to play Mass Effect 3 about, like, a, like six months after it came out with my shitty 2010 laptop, you know? Like, <laughs> if I can do that with a shitty laptop yep. and, like... You can play on PC. Maybe you're not playing top graphics, maybe. But I feel like that's such, the, I don't know, the hassle with the consoles. I just don't get it. You can't mod and, like, there's also, I don't, I don't know. I am definitely a PC person just because there's so much customization. And, like, I feel like consoles are kind of losing it, the war, so to speak. Uh, that's true. The, the, from what I understand, the numbers bear that out, that the PC market is growing faster than it ever has before. And it's now, it's yeah. and, which is odd because like you look at stuff like the interface for Anthem and it's just like, what the hell? Why, why do, if PC gamers are the majority, which at this point it's very close to that being the case, why are we always getting stuck with stuff that's clearly made for consoles? Uh, yes. Oh my god, yes. Like, even with just Dragon Age Inquisition, which I, I think did did the, I'm going to say, the porting a lot better than uh, an, an Anthem did, because that Anthem was, some of those UIs are just really bad with, with keyboard and mouse, but like, good lord. <laughs> even Inquisition at times, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> This, this fucking UI. Because, like, everyone really liked in Dragon... Because Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age 2, you are able to have, like, a whole bunch of powers. And then in Inquisition, it was like, you can only have eight. And that was because you had to play it on console. Because <laughs> you only right. have so many buttons. Right. And even... And when you play on console, it's still kind of like a... Did you ever play Inquisition with a controller? Of course you have. Yeah. But, like, the I hate, like, having to toggle, like, the front ability, back ability. So I can't imagine having more in eight. But while I play on the computer, I'm like, I want, like, 600 <laughs> slots here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Which I will say, like, the, the only good thing a console can give you nowadays that a computer pot can't possibly is that a computer is that you have to sit at your desk and with console, you can sit on your couch. But my husband and I, I guess Steam Link did, didn't do really well. So it's like, maybe like a year ago, Steam Link was on sale. I think you only had to pay for shipping. So we got it for like eight bucks. It was insanely cheap. And we have loved that thing to death. Oh my gosh. Like, I was able to get it working with Origin Games. It's actually a pretty s- simple fix. And, like, I've been playing Inquisition on my couch now. So it's, like, who, who, console who? I don't know her. Like, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Like, 100%. Yeah, like, I can, I, I can sit there on my couch with a beautiful modded Dragon Age Inquisition game. And it's just like I had a console. And it's, it, it only took me eight bucks plus my computer. <laughs> but, like. Right, yeah. The, of course you wouldn't do that that's so much better than a console anyway that's my my rant today we we uh traveled places today <laughs> topic Con- console folks we sound first of all we sound like uh snobs don't we <laughs> pc master race uh, look I, I i grew up with console only because i i Same. i really enjoyed the consoles i had growing up but i like i just don't get it now which i, I get it there's a money issue but i still feel like just saving up for a nice and like it doesn't even have to be super high end but just like a decent pc is just gonna be well worth your money more than a console would be because like think of uh, all those poor people who bought dragon age inquisition on the playstation 3 or the xbox 360 i think and they just totally got fucked over when trespasser came out like oh sorry the best dlc can't have it hope you have to go buy another one and a lot of people did actually upgrade their game their uh consoles just to play the end of the game but if for pcs we're fine. <laughs> maybe maybe it kind of ran kind of chunky, but you could play it. Yeah. Now that being said, when those exclusives come around, 
Horizon Zero Dawn, I, God of I, War, Spider-Man, The fair. Last of Us. It's uh, it's killer. I have consoles only for this reason because those but, games but, are so fucking good. Um, but if you're a patient, if you're patient, give it a couple years. There's gonna be one of those illegal ports. I'm just saying, it's gonna happen one day. Oh yeah, it might. It might. <laughs> you can play like pretty much any games that I had as a kid on the PC now, and those were never ported to the PC. Like stuff from Nintendo, you know. Like yeah, that's true. So if you're patient with it, you'll 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 get it eventually. Um, but I, yeah, I'll, I get like I would definitely want to play a Horizon Zero Dawn and a couple other things, but like I, I don't. So anyway, but yeah, the, the, I think the only reason consoles is even good is because of some of the exclusives, and they definitely should hog those. And God forbid, I'm gonna be so mad if for whatever reason, because I know EA, Microsoft kind of like to do their thing for a little bit. I'm gonna be so mad if Dragon Age goes to Xbox only. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking riot. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Um, all right. So I guess um, what uh, what are our takeaways from this top level? You know, having talked through all of the different things that were on the earnings call, what, what is your takeaway for Bioware, for Dragon Age, and the future of uh, single player with Bioware? I'm for I, I guess in my mind, thinking of Dragon Age only, I'm not worried. That sounded a weird way. I'm really not worried for the game at all. I think you should be suspicious, but I think that's different than worried. Like, I I feel like something maybe could come out of this for Dragon Age 4 and maybe even the possibility of uh, other games in Bioware, but I'm not necessarily thinking it's... It's... It could be something, but I don't think it's something yet. You know, like, it's it's a warning sign, but I don't think we need to, like, raise the alarms. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. I think I think that's very sensible. Mm-hmm. So I, I know uh, reading some of the comments in your video, someone was like, uh, I want to please make a podcast about this because I want to be comforted, I think was around. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I... I at least, like, talking to you about it and, like, watching your video and, like, actually reading the thing, even though my brain was going, oh, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> and, like, trying to figure it out. Like, it's, it's, my eyebrow was raised and I go, huh, that's kind of odd. And then just, I, I feel like we need to wait a little bit more before we, like, you know, start making those change.org positions or whatever the fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because those are always effective. Yeah. Can I say, uh, this, sorry, this is really off topic. Maybe this is better for the mobile games one, but they're making, like, Salem, my, my beloved Salem Moon Drops are shutting down, and people are like, there's, like, six or seven, like, change.org petitions. I'm like, guys, fucking serious. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't even at least use the same one anyway. Oh, no. <sighs> anyway, uh, so do you, do you agree with me, or do you... Uh, I guess I'm I'm taking a slightly more pessimistic view. Overall, yes, I think you're right. It's we don't have enough information to definitively say that Dragon Age is in trouble or that Bioware is in trouble. Mm-hmm. I think the only the only thing that I'm doing is attempting to extrapolate a little bit more from what we know, which could totally be I could just be wrong, right? I mean, it's not concrete on any of this. But if I if I were to extrapolate a little bit and connect what they're saying uh, to Bioware specifically because of the Jason Schreier reporting when he said that the development of DA4 had to be rebooted to add more life services. To me, that means that there has this this sort of thinking at EA has had a tangible effect on the development of Dragon Age 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people will say that Casey Hudson quote unquote clarified that um, on that report by saying that live elements just meant um, continuing the story after launch. 
that's great. Except I don't I don't buy that as being a reason to need to reboot development. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, it means that something about develop the development scheme needed to change significantly because there wasn't enough life services in it, according to EA's liking. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But the counter to that is, okay, well, then what does that look like? And as we sat here and talked about, like, okay, what might that look like? Is it just going to be the multiplayer on the side, like Inquisition? I don't have any problem with that. I loved Inquisition. Uh, Is it going to be drop-in, drop-out co-op? I wouldn't have any interest in that, but as long as I can ignore it and just play the game by myself, then that's totally fine. That's not a problem either, as long as the design isn't being changed to tailor multiplayer. So I think it's I think that this sort of rhetoric from EA is going to have an effect on Dragon Age. It's going to have an effect on Bioware. But again, I still think it's very, very, very unlikely that it's going to have a fucking battle royale mode. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, what negative effect is it going to have? I don't know. I, I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see what what that could be. I think that's a good point. Like, there's definitely going to be an effect on Dragon Age 4. We just don't know if it's going to be a negative one yet. You know? Like, each of the Dragon Age games has felt extremely differently to the point where, like, uh, someone actually messaged me. It's like, I really love Dragon Age Inquisition. Should I play the other two if I only want to play Dragon Age Inquisition again? I'm like, no, you shouldn't. Because the other games are nothing like Dragon Age Inquisition. And if the follow suits, Dragon Age 4 is going to be nothing like the other three games. And it's, that's okay. That's that's what we're used to. It's going to be, it's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be all right. So... I guess that's my takeaway from it. I, 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 my eyebrows is raised, uh, making that kind of like scrunchy mm, face, but I'm not like worried. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Yep. And you shouldn't either, dear listener. It's going to be all right here. C- come in for a cuddle. Come on. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, that's, that we got to stop there. That's the best way to end the show. <laughs> Thank you for awkward cuddles with Katie. Anyway, Jordan, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at the Exalted March on YouTube and at the Exalted March on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. Uh, where can uh, where can the folks find you, Katie? Uh, if you would like more cuddle sessions, yeah, I charge hundred. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you can find me at Gilderthon on YouTube. You can find me on Gilderthon on Twitter. And if you want to send me a PM on Reddit, I'll probably never get back to you. But if I do, it's at Gilderthon. No, Gilderthon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a marathon. Gilderthon. Gilderthon. There you go. And with that, guys, the rest are all.